You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. For those of you who uh, don't know me, for the past 12 years I've been conducting celebrity interviews from the world of film, television, theater, and music, and I pull back the curtain to reveal what's inside the hearts and souls of your favorite celebrities and Broadway stars, and today... I am pulling back the curtain with singer, songwriter, actress, Annalise Scarpacci, who right now is starring on Broadway in Mrs. Doubtfire. She plays Lydia Hillard, and I am so excited to talk to you tonight. Thank you. I'm so excited. Well, great. Let's get started because we have lots ah. to talk about. So let's start with um, one of the things that brought us together today is that in December, you just released your debut EP. And um, you now you wrote and recorded it during quarantine? I did. I recorded everything from my room. Oh, my God. What was that crazy. like? It was crazy. I mean, you know, I never thought that I'd be recording an album at all. Mm -hmm. But during the pandemic, I took up songwriting again. And it was kind of like the only thing that kept me sane throughout <laughs> that time. And when I started to record, it was kind of the thing that I was used to which was just singing to my walls or to my window because of course everything especially going to school i was singing to a screen i was screaming i was singing to my computer so it honestly was good practice once for doing that stuff and then once i started recording my songs it was kind of like second nature now one thing i didn't get to mention is that the ep name is um pathetic little dreamer and it's on Broadway Records, so you can go to broadwayrecords.com and get the album. You can go to your website and get the album. So, uh, and you can stream it on Spotify and everywhere that you get your music. So I am so intrigued by the title of the album. I mean, how did you come up with that name? A lot of people keep asking me that. I honestly don't know. Um, it was kind of like this phrase that popped into my head one day. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget, I was in the Jersey Shore, I was at the beach, and I was frustrated about something. And I just, I was like, this is pathetic. And then it just kind of came to be Pathetic Little Dreamer. And the song itself, it took a very long time to write. I, I wrote a draft of it in like July, and then it became a completely different song by October. So it's, it was a very different vibe the song was very different it was actually written as a ballad oh wow yeah and then what and made you what made you change it or how did it come to change i think as i wrote other things it just completely changed i never fully finished the ballad version um it had like very different lyrics too which is the only phrase that was the same was pathetic little dreamer oh wow so it was it's very very different but um I think as I started writing other things, it kind of became like this new way of seeing myself. Uh huh. It, um, I was going to say, it sounds like you have something already set for like a rarities, you know, CD, EP down the line. <laughs> How does songwriting um, express yourself in a way that acting doesn't? It's very different because when you're acting, you're playing yourself, but you're someone else. You're in somebody else's shoes. When you're writing, it's all me. And that's why I was so scared to release 
this album because it's all me and it's all of my own thoughts and it's it's very personal i mean the songs that i chose to put on the ep it's they're all very very personal and i mean a few of them are about real situations that have occurred in my life and you know they're about real people and i was worried about like oh my god what if they find out that it's about them <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's always like like I want, I it's it's amazing to me how Taylor Swift must feel. Like I don't, <laughs> like how does she feel? Like how does she feel that she like you know writes songs about these real people? Like what are they thinking? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Do, does um a anybody that you wrote about has anybody reached out to you to say hey that song sounds like it's about me? No. <laughs> That's good. No. I yeah I I that'd be in like a weird situation but <laughs> but my friend Sammy um one of the situations like in I don't write love songs is is kind of loosely based on something that we had gone through together and um as soon as I played it for her she was like oh, I can't believe you did that <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that she knew right away at least I know I'm doing my job yes exactly exactly <laughs> but there are a few people who have reached out that know about the situations and they're like uh -huh. oh my god I knew exactly who this was about oh so wow at least I know I'm doing my job yes exactly so now also with the new album and then we will get into some Mrs. Doubtfire chat I, I love when I interview singer-songwriters I love playing off of the title of a lot of their songs yes so um the first song I want to play with is called My Little Voice so how do you feel you use your voice in a positive and uplifting way I think that a lot of people can relate to my songs um that that was the main thing that I wanted to do when I was releasing music was I wanted people to relate because that's why I listen to music so that I can relate to the artist who's singing. And that's how I feel like I'm using my voice in the right way. I mean, I feel that people can connect to what I feel and young adults can connect to what I'm feeling and even regular adults can connect to what <laughs> I'm feeling. So I hope that that's what people are. So. Terrific. And now this next song, Drive, is a song on your album. Now, I do find it interesting that you don't have a permit or your license yet. No. Um, do you have plans? Is it something you want to get? No. No. How come? How come? Like, you I couldn't that. wait to get my license. And at, when I got it, I mean, I loved driving and driving down the street, listening to music. I, 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 you know what? I see the appeal. I get it. My mom actually did not start driving until she had me. She was 36. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess it's like this thing that we just don't, you know, there's no desire, but she loves to drive. Um, I just never had the desire to do it. And I also feel like now I'm living in the city full time. There's no need to drive anywhere. The only place I would need to drive is if I went home for a couple of days, but yes, I, I don't intend on being home for long <laughs> periods of time. Pandemic, you better calm down. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And if you do go home, I'm sure there's somebody there that could drive yes. you around. Oh. Or there's always Uber. <laughs> that's true. Yes. There's always my mom or my dad. Yes. So the question with drive is, um, well, actually, my first question was about getting the permit or license. But um, I'm going to take this in a different direction then. So where do you want to drive? Where do you want to drive to in your career? What do you still want to do? What are your some of your aspirations? Because you're you're 21. 22. 22. And yeah. you're about to graduate in May. I actually finished all my classes, but yeah, it's crazy. 
Oh I'm like God. done. Oh my God. So <laughs> exciting. So exciting. Yeah. I think that in my career, I want to go, I'm open to anything. I'd be open to writing a musical. I'd be open to being in film and television. I'd be pretty much open to anything, any way that I can create art. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more to this great conversation. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. And now we're back. Now you started your Broadway career in Christmas Story. I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I got my shows with. Yes. And then you went on into Matilda. And now Mrs. Doubtfire, this is actually your first leading role. It is. In a show. So what is it like to now be in a lead? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, it's such a gift. I never thought that I'd be doing this at all this early in my life. I mean, I never thought that I'd be a principal. I always thought that I'd be like, I always wanted to be a dance captain. Like, that was like my thing. And I always thought like, okay, I'll be in an ensemble in a show and like, we'll kill it and we'll have fun dancing but this is like something I never ever ever expected in a million years and it's really an amazing gift and I'm really grateful and what has been like the most fun about being in the show the people I mean Mm -hmm. I've met such incredible incredible people and they've taught me so much it's like watching a master class every single day it's free (laughs) I mean you get to work with Rob McClure who oh my god I've seen him in several shows and he's just beyond fantastic it's unreal it's absolutely unreal getting to sing with him is just an entirely different story too i mean it's unbelievable yes and um what's the most challenging part of the show i'd say finding the differences between being that teenager because i'm i'm very far removed from that now Mm -hmm. when i was cast i was still a teenager i was 19 but um now i'm 22 So it's that fine line of finding that 15-year-old self again. Mm -hmm. And how did you go about finding that 15-year-old self? Um, Well, Lydia is mature anyway. So it was easier to uh, think that way because she always, she has something that she, you know, she's basically the the moral compass of her family. And she's the one who's supposed to be there taking care of everybody as um, a whole so, you know, it's it's easier to tap into that rather than like, I have to play a 15 year old. It's more like I have to be responsible because nobody else can. Yes. Yes. Now, did you see before you were cast, were you familiar with the movie? Did you watch the movie? Oh, yeah. It was oh. one of my favorite movies. My dad and I used to watch it all the time. Oh, so that's nice so nice. That we get to 
have this moment and then my show as Lydia basically revolves around the story between myself and my dad. Yes, yes. And did you bring anything in from real life uh, into into finding the, the role and everything? Yeah, I mean, I my parents are together, but mm-hmm. um, I have friends who are children of divorce. So I've taken things that I've seen and witnessed from um, them growing up and I take that into playing Lydia and I carry them with me the whole show. Terrific. Terrific. Now, um, what has it been like to perform during uh, the rise and hopefully now the fall of Omicron, you know, with the show had to go dark for a few performances and now it's on hiatus. Um, I actually posted a video on this. I'm doing a takeover today for Broadway for me, the Broadway for me account. And um, the uh, video is of Ross from Friends when he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't know why my voice is so high pitched, but I'm fine. That's how I feel. (laughs) <laughs> understandable understandable and with this hiatus since it is a few weeks how do you how do you like keep your lines memorized how do you keep up with the choreography honestly i haven't looked but um i know she's in there i mean for 18 months i never looked at the script and when i got back she was still very much in there wow. um so this is only nine weeks she can handle it she's still in there <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah I mean, I'll look at it a couple of days before we go back and, you know, it'll be, I think I'll be okay. I hope so. <laughs> now, I like how you talk about her in the third person. So do you ever talk to her? Does she ever come out when you're not on stage? We're basically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> We're very much the same, except, you know, she's not from Staten Island. So the New York accent doesn't really tend to slip out with her as much as it does with myself. (laughs) But we're kind of like two different sides of the same human. That's wonderful. Oh, you know what? We have to go back to talking about uh, your album, Pathetic Little Dreamer, because there was a song that I wanted to talk about that I didn't get to, is Seventh seventh Stage of Grief. What has been your biggest heartbreak to date? The show closing, the first time. The second time also hit me hard as well. But, um, I was more prepared for it that time because mm. I knew what to do. But mm. the first time, it was rough. I mean, it, you know, it was something that none of us had ever lived through before. Mm-hmm. So it was something very difficult for everybody. I mean, we were all kind of just grieving our lives, mm-hmm. which is interesting because the song has nothing to do with the pandemic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, right. But it's true. We were all grieving our lives. Mm-hmm. And how do you get through, like, rough times or heartbreak? What are your... What are your go-to ways? Writing songs mm-hmm. and lots of food. <laughs> <laughs> and what are some of your favorite foods? Oh my gosh, pretty much anything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love food. I live to eat. <laughs> I could understand. I I live to eat too. That's why I have to work out and you know what and <laughs> count my count my servings and make sure I eat everything in proportion. <laughs> now you are a Jonas Brothers fan. So if you could sing, I'm guessing it would be a quartet because it's three of them and you. Yeah. Um, so if you could sing a quartet of any of their songs, what song would you choose? I'm going to go with two of them. One of them is Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. That's the one that they sang with Miley Cyrus. Okay. So that already has a, a girl part in there. <laughs> but uh the second one that I would choose would probably be Fly With Me, which is my second favorite Jonas Brothers song. Oh, okay. Very exciting. Yeah. Now, do you follow each of them separately, too? Or are you, like, 
Of course. I do have a favorite <laughs> Jonas brother. Well, okay. So they're all my favorite. But if I had to choose one, it would be Nick. Mm-hmm. Because he was the youngest and I was only six years old at the time that they made it big. And a seven year difference was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if now, now, because I'm, I'm of a different generation. So I, I do get them all a little bit confused. Now, just yeah. to help me out here. Yeah. So is Nick, is he with anybody? They're all married. So oh, they are all married. Okay. Nick is married to Priyanka Chopra, who is, um, they, they just, um, they're parents now. Yes. They're yes. all parents. All three of them are now parents. And I feel ancient. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I, it's, I'm, I am appalled at how old I am. I'm 22 and I, I feel like yesterday I was six years old. <laughs> and I had, you know, Tiger Beat posters of them in my room. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I had pictures uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I had pictures of like uh, Paul Abdul, Madonna, Cindy Lauper. I mean, plastered all over my walls. So I love that. I understand the fandom of it. Um, a few other things. So as we mentioned, your EP, uh, Pathetic Little Dreamer, is out. And again, it's on Broadway Records. So what do you want to do next? Like musically, do you want to um, do like a full album? Do you, um, you want to go on tour if you can? Um, I'd like to do some solo shows. Um, they are coming soon. Uh, pretty much all in the New York area. But I'd like to, you know, keep exploring. I have tons more songs. There were 35 that I wrote before I chose the seven that were on Pathetic Little Dreamer. Wow. And there are about 17 more that I wrote. So I've written a lot. Um, so you, you have a few albums possibly coming down the pipe. I have a few. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I want to do with any of them yet. But maybe there's like a, I don't know, a From the Vault or whatever. <laughs> Pathetic Little Dreamer From the Vault. <laughs> I'll Taylor Swift it out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Definitely there's more original music to come. I just don't know what I'd like to do with that yet. I also would like to do an album of covers as well. Oh, so now who would you like to cover? I thought about doing like kind of like music that I used to grow up listening to, like from Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Bobby Darin to like Avril Lavigne and the early 2000s music and Kelly Clarkson, kind of like my own versions of these iconic songs. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thanks. What? Because uh, I am a big Kelly Clarkson fan. What Kelly Clarkson song would you do? Oh, would are you think? I, I mean, if I, I had to know. pick one, I, mean, I love "Breakaway." Uh huh. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a good one. And and which Avril Lavigne song? Oh you're... man, um, I love "Head Above Water." And I I love all of Avril Lavigne's music. Um, but I gotta go with "What the Hell." I mean, oh, I, I wonder why. Um, no, but <laughs> I I love what the hell because actually before I went in for my Doubtfire audition, that was the song that I clicked play and I had shuffle. I was on shuffle, and I clicked play and that was the song that came up. I should have taken it as a sign, <laughs> but um, I went in the room and obviously I I got Mrs. Doubtfire. So yes. it's yes. it's it's funny how the world works. It is. It is. Now, I know we only have a few minutes left here, but um, I would love to hear if you can speak to a little bit about your audition process. You know, what is what was it like? What, how did you um, 
if you were nervous, how did you calm yourself down? What you did right after? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really that nervous for my Doubtfire audition. I mean, I, I was prepared and I was actually in the process of auditioning for another show. So I, it was like Doubtfire kind of just came to be and I just got myself prepared and I was like, okay, I'm going in. Uh, so I was listening to music before I went upstairs and obviously I clicked shuffle and it, what the hell came on. And for a second when they sent the what the hell in the, the packet, I thought it was just, I thought it was what the hell by Avril Lavigne. And it's a good thing I looked at the sheet music because it is not what the hell by Avril Lavigne. And I went in the room, I taught myself the lyrics. I did another, the other song, Just Pretend That I Sing. And um, I taught myself the two scenes and I went in and I did the material for Jerry Zachs and the creatives who were there. And then they gave me some adjustments. I left the room and I heard them laughing after I left. And I was like, oh God, what did I do? I don't know <laughs> if my accent slipped out on a certain part and they thought it was funny or if, you know, I'm socially awkward anyway and they like to, you know, make a, a scene or whatever. <laughs> but um, then the next day they called and they said I got the role. Oh, wow. <laughs> that yeah. was, that's quick, the next day. It was day. very quick, it oh never happens. It never happens. It certainly has never happened to me. So I'm very, very grateful. That's exciting. I thought, I thought they were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how you reacted because you posted it on your Instagram with you uh, crying. Where were, exactly where were you when? So my mom works at a clothing store and I was, um, there's a nail salon next door. So I was getting a pedicure because I was actually going to the Jonas Brothers concert that night. Oh my God, how funny. And I went back, at, they were all trying to get a hold of me, but I was getting my nails done because that was important. <laughs> I had to look good for the Jonas Brothers. Of course. And then when I got back to the store, I looked at my phone and my manager was calling me, so I was like, okay, I'll answer it. And then they told me that I got the role. Oh my God. And I, saw, I knew it was something because I saw my mom recording me. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Something's up. Something's up here. I don't I don't like this. And then she conferenced my manager conferenced in my agent and I was like, that never happens. Something's up. Something's weird. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy, now, right? Yes, it is crazy. But how how great that you got the role, you know, right the day after you audition. And what is it like being on Broadway now at twenty two as opposed to when you were in a Christmas story or in Matilda? Oh, it's so different. I mean, I don't have a guardian. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. But also, like, when you have a guardian, they're telling you how to do your job. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, like, guiding you along the way, showing you what a track is, showing you all these different things. So I took that experience that I learned from working on Matilda and A Christmas Story, and I use it specifically Matilda because I was a swing. So they taught me, like, how to write everything down and how to do like string tracks and how to divide your brain. So I used that primarily for my work in Doubtfire and I will use that continuously in the future. The Grim Mobster is asking if you would join the MCU. I would love to, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and who would you like to join as? I would love to be the love interest of Tom Holland, <laughs> AKA Spider-Man. I love you Zendaya, but like it's time for you to go. 
Well, you heard it here. So Marvel Universe casting better come and knock on your door. You heard it here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so we have just about like a, a minute left. Um, what I would love to know, like, what advice would you give to somebody who wanted to um, either uh, break into Broadway or break into music or like, you know, you're I would consider you a multi hyphenate because you do a little bit of everything. Um, what advice would you give to somebody? I would definitely say that the biggest part of being in this industry is advocating for yourself. Never wait for anything. Um, do your research. Researchers, composers, your casting directors, what they're casting. Constantly be looking at those breakdowns, the ones that are ac uh, accessible to you. And um, never quit. If you want to do this, it's your job to look for things too. I mean, it's not your job to leave it to somebody else to do the work. If you want the work, you have to do it. That is great advice. Now, one, one quick follow-up question I have is, um, when have you had to, because you said to advocate for yourself. So have you had a moment where you have had to advocate for yourself and because of it, you got what you wanted? Yes, all three Broadway shows that I've ever gotten. Wow. Yeah. And how, how come you had to advocate for you? Like, what was, are you, if you're allowed to talk about what was happening that made you yeah. need to advocate? I mean, it was just, it was just something that I did. I just never waited. I just had a feeling for a Christmas story. I was um, out to lunch with my mom and they were having the Christmas story open call down the street. And I was told that I was going to get an appointment. And um, I just decided to get my book in the car, bought a pair of sneakers at a random place on 8th Avenue that I still have those sneakers, by the way. And I just went to the open call. It was the last one to sing. And it turns out that managers never even got appointments. And I didn't have an agent at the time. So if I didn't go to that open call, I would have never gotten that show. Um, and same thing for Godspell. I mean, Godspell was kind of just like this weird open call press event thing. But I went in for it anyway because I wanted to be seen by Telsey's office. Um, and then for Matilda, I had gone in for an open call as well. And then for Dowfire, I'd gone in for an appointment for another show for um, an EPA. And that led to the appointment for Mrs. Dowfire. Wow. Terrific. I mean, you've really been like carving your own path from the start. Yeah. No, that's terrific. That's terrific. It's been fun. <laughs> yes, it sounds fun. It's so fun that, that the time has already gone by and I can't believe that we have to wrap things up already but I, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight and for everybody joining tonight so don't forget to download stream uh, purchase uh, Annalise's album Pathetic Little Dreamer again you can get it at broadwayrecords.com Annalise's website you can stream it on Spotify Apple Music download it um, on iTunes and Mrs. Doubtfire comes back to Broadway so definitely yep. go see her in the show. And um, I just want to thank you again for everything tonight. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Oh, you're very welcome. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the place for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. Swag.